Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch Keys. Welcome to our broadcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. So glad you joined with us today. Today we're in our uh, K through 12 school. It's Faith Academy, and uh, they wanted to be part of the service and part of the broadcast. And I'm so glad to have them here in our chapel service. Amen. So uh, I want you to turn with me <clears throat> to a scripture in First uh, Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Sometimes we move a little slower for the young ones here. 525. <clears throat> this is uh, Paul talking here. And he says this to the church. He says this to those that uh, are partnered with him. And he says, brethren, pray for us. Pray for us. I want to talk about this morning... Praying for those in authority. Now, the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and I'm going to read excerpts of that. It says, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, in supplications, talk about different types of prayers, pray, prayers of intercession and giving thanks, be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, all that are in authority. The, the Bible talks about <clears throat> that we are to pray for those in authority. That could be presidents, that could be uh, government. And, but I want to talk about praying for your man and woman of God. Amen. And, you know, when you pray for someone, uh, it's hard to be offended at them. When you're praying for them, it's you're honoring them. And when you honor your man and woman of God, you're honoring God. You, it's, it's almost impossible to say you honor God and you don't honor your man and woman of God. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to uh, go back to that scripture, that, um, another scripture. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 29, Philippians 2, 29, says, Receive him, now this is Paul, he's talking about a minister <coughs> uh, that Timothy was sending, and he's talking about Ephroditus, that uh, at one time he wasn't, he, he kind of messed up, but he says, man, he repented, he's a good brother, he's been a, a, a help to me. And uh, he, he wanted to send him support. But he said, receive him, therefore, in the Lord. You know, you're, this is not about honoring man, but it's about honoring the office. The Bible says that, hey, don't write on yourself, Enzo. Don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. You're not here to write on, on yourself. All right. Those of you watching broadcast, you're going to see me correct some of these young ones that uh, are new to chapel worship, amen, or chapel service. So <clears throat> it says, receive him, therefore, as in the Lord. You know, uh, when people go to work as Christians, the Bible says they are work for man as unto the Lord. 
And so when you work for man as unto the Lord, uh, you're showing honor to the Lord and to who you work for, even if they're wrong. God never asked our opinion of those who are sitting under, uh, you know, like I sit under Dr. Nancy uh, as an authority in my life, a mentor. But I don't I don't go around getting critical about her. I don't question her. I don't say, well, they, she should do this, do that, or she's doing this wrong and that wrong. That's not my job. My job is to pray for her. <clears throat> the same thing with employment. You know, you get you can get uh, a lot further when you pray for your employer. Those of you, uh, you may not be called into the ministry, but you're going to go to work. You, when you grow up, <clears throat> maybe you won't go to college because some people go to college. And some people go to work right out of high school. Uh, everybody's different. <clears throat> not everybody's put in the same mold. And so when you go to work for somebody, the Bible says work for them as unto the Lord. So when you do right and you work right and you are a person of excellence, and they do you wrong, that means that they will answer to God. Your job is to pray for them, submit to them, and do what they ask you to do. And uh, I'm not talking about if uh, somebody uh, uh, is abusive and breaking laws and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to be part of that. <clears throat> but uh, you, you, uh, some people get so critical that they're always going from job to job to job to job. Why? Because nobody's perfect and they're expecting perfection out of their employer. And the same thing with a man and woman of God. We're not perfect. Pretty close, but we're not perfect. But anyway, <clears throat> it says, receive them as unto the Lord. Receive Ephrodite as unto the Lord with all gladness and hold such in rep reputation. I thought it was interesting to use that word reputation. He says hold. Uh, the word means it means honorable. It means respect. High esteem. That's what honor means. But it also means this to treat as dear and precious. You know, <clears throat> whether a pastor's right or wrong or whether he has a, a, a way of preaching or teaching or making certain administration uh, decisions or whatever. It's not, it's never your job to question them. And I have family members that question every minister or pastor they ever sat under. And <clears throat> they always nitpicked and found something that was wrong. And they, they would probably last a year or two at one church and another and the longest I've seen one last was maybe 10 years. That was that was like a miracle sign and wonder. But <clears throat> it got to where it got worse and worse and worse. And there was a reason why they were always sick. They were always broke. They never had victories in their life. It's because they were they would always have an opinion about their pastor. And until they came to a place where. Well, you know what? Since we can't find a perfect pastor, let's start our own our own church. And they did. And that fell, too. Because that's not pleasing to God. God will have you sit under somebody, submit to them. And uh, as it says in Hebrews, <clears throat> um, 
And I want you to write this word precious. See, when your pastor is a treasure or precious to you or dear to you, you're going to pray for them. And when you pray for your pastor, see, this is this month is they call it the uh, month of pastor appreciation. This is why I'm talking about this, because, you know, when I was a kid, nobody taught me this. They didn't teach me how to appreciate my pastor, treat as a treasure, as precious and dear and weighty to my life. I remember as a teenager, uh, some of you heard me say this. I would just show up in my pastor's door and just knock. On, they were so gracious and I didn't even let them know I was coming. I just knock on their door. How stupid is that? See, that pastor should have got on my Kool-Aid and said, hey, you don't just come over to my house. I would have been offended, too. Maybe they knew I'd have been offended because I didn't have a right attitude. <clears throat> and, and a lot of that is because I wasn't trained. I wasn't taught that. I'd call them up and say, hey, you know, do you have such and such phone number? <laughs> they could have said, well, get to church directory like everybody else. No, they'd so gracious and give me the somebody's phone number and then I'd lose it and call him again. <laughs> hey, do you have such that's phone number? I forgot to write it down, you know, or whatever. I mean, I wasn't trained right. So this is a benefit to you. This is this is something that should be taught regularly uh, in, in the church, every church. And so when you are praying for somebody and especially those in authority, when you're praying for them, you can receive in a greater capacity. It's hard to receive for somebody, especially in authority over your life, <clears throat> when you're not praying for them. Amen. You should be praying for your pastors on a daily basis. Why? Your pastors are praying for you. Amen. This is not about, you know, hero hero worship or self-serving. It's not about us. It's about the body of Christ being very successful and have been productive. And it's hard for you to be productive or a believer to be productive if, if they don't have honor in their heart and reverence in their heart for the gift that God gave them. In, in the book of... Uh, Hallelujah. <laughs> Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. And, and we've all seen this before, but let's look, look at it again. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 8. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Y'all going to help me this morning? Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up in, in, on high, that was Jesus, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, when you uh, treat your pastor or pastors as a gift, you can receive in a greater capacity of what God gives to them. And it says, and he gave some apostles, verse 11, and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. So we call it the fivefold gift ministry. For the perfecting, that means maturing. You got to be matured. You can't mature on your own. There's an amount of maturity you're supposed to do on yourself. You need to develop yourself. Why? So you can assist. So that you can be a blessing. And a help. 
partner with, with the vision that God gives the pastor. God's not going to ask you for your opinion on what the vision should be. He's only going to channel that through the pastor and no one else. Not the pastor's wife, not the pastor's kids, not the pastor's grandkids. He's only going to give the vision to the pastor. You know, why does God do that? Because that's God's way of honoring the man of God that he put in the office. You know, God will honor a husband. Why? Because he put him in that capacity of leadership. He ordained it and he anointed that office. Now, is every man right? Is every man pure? Is every man saved? Is every man uh, faithful to the house of God, the vision of God? Is every man a giver? No. But God still honors the office that he ordained. And so that's what God does to, to the fivefold gift ministries. And if God honors what he set in order, then how much more should we honor him? See, we're magnifying the office, not the man. But if I don't magnify my office, then, then there won't be any respect or honor or those who treat uh, as, as a gift that's precious. If, if you have a gift that's given to you and you just like uh, your parents get you a brand new bike and, and the first day you're all excited about it and then, and then you just kind of leave it out in the driveway or out halfway out in the street and throw it down on the ground and dirt gets on it. Maybe it could get stolen. And, and, and you think, well, where's my bike? And, and uh, you know, and they say, well, you left it out there. You don't even care about it. You don't wash it. You don't keep it. You don't guard it. You just throw it out in the yard. So what, let me ask you something. Will your parents get you another new bike just because you asked for it? God forbid if they did. Because you don't even treat what you got right in the first place. And don't be crying and going on, well, I want something for Christmas. I want this. I want that. Yeah, but you, you don't show any respect or honor or thankfulness or gratefulness for the gift that they gave you in the first place. You need to be grateful for your pastors. Why? Because then you'll be grateful for one another. If you're grateful for your pastors, then, then it, it, you know, it's just a way of life. It just spreads and becomes part of your life. Amen. You're grateful. See, it's hard. It's hard to be uh, critical and grateful at the same time. It's hard to be judgmental and grateful and thankful at the same time. Amen. Amen. And God wants you to be grateful for the house of God he sent you to. It's it's your wealthy place. It's a place that he wants to prosper you and bless you. And you grow in that place where you, you won't grow anywhere else. That's why people don't, you know, they think they've got an option to leave and come and go anytime they want. No, you don't. I don't have the option. Why do you? That doesn't mean this is a cult and you've, you're being forced and we're, we're twisting your arm and make you stay. No, you can come and go as you please, but that don't mean that's God's perfect will for your life. God will allow people to go to another church help, uh, to help them and give them another chance. But that doesn't mean they're in God's perfect will. It's a permissive will. See, God had a plan for Israel to go within two to, to uh, maybe a month, four weeks, to go from Egypt uh, out of slavery and bondage and, and poverty and lack 
and, and right into a place of an ownership and, and living the abundant life within, some say, some scholars say within two weeks, walking distance through the desert into the Canaan land. Hallelujah. Well, did they do right? What'd they do? You know, there's, there's, you can lose the benefit of the promises that God has, has for you when you start grumbling and complaining and being judgmental, judgmental and, and critical towards the gift that God gives you. Amen. How you treat the gift is how God will treat you. How you treat and honor the gift that God gives you is how God is going to honor and treat you. God doesn't take it lightly. See, some people think they can rule and reign and control their, their pastors and, and uh, think they have a voice and influence in their ears because they have a right to it. And they treat it like, you know, uh, well, we live in America. It's a free world. You know, the kingdom of God is, is not ran the same way America's ran. Amen. It's it's ran by the word of God and how God set thing up, set things up. Amen. And I've been in churches and governments <clears throat> where the people or a board, they call them a deacon board or whatever. It's a demon board is what it is. I've seen them take pastors and chew them up, and spit them out and treat them as a dirty old rag. And just. Just awful, awful the way they treat their pastors. At the same time, I've seen how people treat their pastors very, very well. I'm not saying everybody treats their pastors bad. There's a, there's a lot of good churches and a lot of good people out there, and, and they, they honor God. Amen? Amen? But how you treat your gift is how God will treat you. Your, your gift of honor, did you hear what I said? Your gift of honor is what you're going to reap. You sow honor before you reap it. It's, it's the way of the kingdom. It's the method of operation that God set up in the kingdom of God. So it's, it's called seed time harvest. That's God's method of operation in the earth. Seed time harvest. So whatever you sow, Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, Verse 7 says, be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. So what are, you, what are you sowing that you're reaping that you don't like in your life? You can sow wrong words and reap what you said. You can sow wrong actions and reap from wrong actions. And Israel, they were not in God's perfect will. They were in God's permissive will. He allowed them to wander out in the desert for 50 years. He provided for them. And it wasn't in abundance that God had planned for them. It was just enough. Just enough to get by every day. It wasn't abundance. When you're in total uh, obedience, you get total blessings of the promise. The promises that God gives you. Amen. So I love what Paul said. He says, brothers... Pray for us. We need your prayers. Amen. So if you're praying for somebody, you're treating them as a gift. You're treating it as something, as a treasure. 
and they're precious to you. When your pastors are precious to you, you make sure that you're praying for them. You're praying for them. Amen. <clears throat> uh, go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I won't take too long in, chapter, in the chapel today, but 1 Timothy... We didn't read 1 Timothy yet, did we? 2. We're going to start verse 1 and read the first four verses. This is Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians and the church there. He says, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before you and were shameful and treated, and you know in Philippi we were, we were bold in, in our God to speak unto the gospel of God with much contention. So when they were preaching the word, they had a lot of opposition and contention, not just from uh, the religious people, but in some were, were those that were um, supposedly for them. Now, verse three says, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. God has put us as pastors in trust of the gospel. Well, when he does us, he does you. Amen. <clears throat> Even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but of God, which tireth uh our hearts. Now I want to read this in another translation. Um, but just as we have been approved by God, approved by God, it's a New Living Translation, to be entrusted with the gospel. See, it's important how we handle the Word of God. It's important how we handle because we're being entrusted with the gospel. Now, we as pastors, uh, we're not novice. We've proven ourselves. We've started out with, with uh, and still do today, we still have a servant's heart, and we still serve God. But, I mean, you know, we start out cleaning toilets and being janitors. I mowed the yard. Help him. Praise the Lord. Drop one thing, and the rest of it starts flying all over. All right. So, anyway... Uh, we, we, I, I clean the toilets, the, the men's and women's restroom, Jan changed all the diapers and, and, you know, the more that we started in those things, um, uh, the, the more responsibility and showed our, uh, as we would be responsible for the small things, then more was given to us and we got greater responsibilities. Greater responsibilities just means that 
we uh, had greater work, <laughs> more to do, you know, and uh, and that's OK. That's how it all starts. But we proved ourselves in the small things. Some people think they're too good for the small things. I don't think I'm too good. I mean, you just see this building in here. You know, me and Celine, we we painted the whole thing. We had help from others, but we paint. You know, I went in there and helped paint this thing. I, I'm not too good to do that. I wouldn't entrust that to anybody in this church because not everybody has the skills to do that. I wouldn't, you know, let someone who can't hardly hold a pencil go over there and paint the wall. Hello. <laughs> Amen. You know, so so uh, the older you get, the more matured and, and how your attitude is, is is how much more God can use you. Amen. To be entrusted in with the gospel. But we got to treat it as as something precious. I do. I don't you know, when I when I read the word, I, I, I treat it as a treasure. It's something that I, that I don't just enjoy reading and I don't just read it just for my benefit. You know, I know I know that uh, some people look at all the prosperity scriptures, which are good, just so they can get rich. Amen. So, you know, I don't I don't just find words in here just benefit me. I find the words that that change my heart and I treasure it. But also I look at how I can use the gospel to help others. It's precious to me. Some people don't even come to church and bring their Bibles. Some we've gone by churches in this town and they don't even take Bibles so that who knows what's going to be said in their churches. They could say anything they want you know any better because they're not interested. The word of God is not precious to them. How you treat the word of God is how the word of God will work for you. Benefit your life. Treat it with honor. If you get familiar with the word of God, you're not going to benefit from it. That's God speaking to you, speaking to you through the Holy Spirit, speaking to you about his son. God wants you to know him. Know the father of glory. He's not trying to hide things from you. He's trying to he's hidden things for you, but he wants you to know who he is. Some people are more interested in, in other things rather than knowing who God is. Well, see, when you treat God's word right, you, God's going to say, I can reveal more to them who I am. We have to be responsible to the knowledge and revelation that we receive. So we speak not to please man. How many know that I'm not a man pleaser? I'm not going to preach something just to paticate, you know, and, and give a little sermonette for missionettes and and uh, water down the word so I don't offend somebody. One day I'll stand before God and he will say, how were you accountable to what I, I put in your heart and put in your mouth? Did you water it down? Did you wash it down? Did you weaken it because you are afraid that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings? No. Now, I, I don't I'm, I'm not I don't try to do damage to somebody. I could do that. I mean, I could say something and 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 be brash and mean about things. But I, I'm not. I'm a loving pastor. I love sheep. 
And you're, you're the reason why I got a job. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate the job. I love my position. Why? Because I love sheep. I'm teasing, you know, when I said, but, but it's the truth. If somebody just wants to be in ministry so they can be seen and popular and known, you know, they may be known among men, but they're not known in heaven. I'd rather, I'd rather have God know who I am. You know, somebody uh, uh, was trying to cast out devils. Who was it? it was Oh, the disciples, some disciples. And they, and they said, uh, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Even hell needs to be concerned, worrisome. Under great threat. Because they know who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Not that we're trying to be popular with hell or heaven. Amen. Especially not with men. If, if, if what I preach is the truth in love and somebody gets offended, it's not my fault. I'm just the messenger. Amen. But it's hard to get offended when you're praying for your pastors, because when you pray for your pastors, you're partnering with your pastors. Did you hear what I just said? Amen. <clears throat> so when you're when your pastors. Uh, when you're praying for them, you're going to treat them as a gift. He didn't say in this scripture. Be critical, judgmental, rebel against, or get offended at them. It says pray first. That's what he said, pray first. So when you do that, it's almost impossible to get offended at what they say. You're showing God that you're honoring him. We trust you have enjoyed today's message. To learn more about the ministry of Fireball Faith Fellowship and upcoming meetings, visit us at fireballfayfellowship.org.